Welcome to Landmark Worship Center's audio podcast. We hope that this message will inspire and encourage your life. So open your heart and mind and receive what God has for you today. I'm thankful for an opportunity tonight to share the word with you all tonight. I do want to, if you know my pastor ain't here, I want to thank him for giving me another opportunity. And I'll probably try not to let him down tonight and give you a word that would help you here tonight. I don't want to, you know, just beat up your ears in this house tonight. Or, you know, I don't want to force feed you. But I do want to share the word of God with you here tonight. And... um, with the hope of the, with the help of the Holy Ghost, I believe we might get something accomplished in this word tonight. Um, I'm a little bit tired tonight, but the Lord can wake me up tonight and help me relay this word to you. Um, if we can, let's draw our attention. If we could just stand for a couple few verses of Scripture here tonight. Maybe I'm preaching tonight. I don't know. Whatever you want to call it, I'm just being me tonight. So Luke five two through ten. Familiar passages. Go ahead and read these. And saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now when he had left speaking... He said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep, and let down your nets for a drought. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night, and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. And when they had done, when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes, and their net brake. And they beckoned unto their partners which were in the other ship that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships so that they began to sink. And when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished at all that were with him at the draught of fishes which they had taken. And so was also James and John, the son of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. You may be seated. Simple story. I just wanted to sort of use this just for a minute here tonight. I'm not going to just be speaking about this passage only here tonight. But if you could see... Basically, their efforts out there trying to fish, and they were cleaning their nets. Obviously, they got skunked. They did not catch anything. And for fishermen, that was their livelihood. This was um, a little discomforting, I guess. It was not a good day. But um, you can see the difference. The Lord still accomplished what He wanted to, but I believe He had another plan beyond just speaking to the people. And it... He was recruiting some of his helpers there. And it was going to come down to a decision upon his workers, upon his helpers that would later become disciples there, whether or not they wanted to see what Jesus would have to say to their lives. He told them, Henceforth thou shalt catch men. This was going to be a different occupation for them. This was going to be something different. But if we can here tonight, if I could just steal the thought of what happened in this situation, to bring in the catch. They basically got to a place where they promoted Jesus. That's what I want to speak to tonight, about tonight, promoting Jesus. They promoted Him, and suddenly they sunk the ships. But that didn't mean so much then. They just, they seen what He could do, and something got inside of them, and they wanted more of that in their lives. They wanted to follow and see what He might be about And maybe they just understood that call. They were waiting for somebody to challenge them. They were tired of fishing as an occupation. Maybe he had prepared their hearts. They were sick and tired of it. Who knows? But anyhow, they promoted him, and it was transpiring that they became successful. So is it in our lives, though. 
Sometimes we can waste our efforts and do what we, we've known to do for so long that we're familiar with. And we try to extend our efforts and we don't see no, we don't see nothing come in. Even as a church, we see different ones come in and, and you know, we want to retain that. We want to sort of put them in the live well, so to say. And sometimes we just clean our nets. You know, and sometimes it's hard to keep them or this or that. But I'm telling you, it comes to a place in our lives where we got to promote Him to the very top. Just like in a job or any situation in our lives. Why not give the Lord a promotion in your life? Why not see what He can do in this church, in this city, in our lives, in our families? That word promote, there's many different meanings. I like the meaning that sort of goes with what I'm speaking with here tonight. And in the, in the Webster Dictionary, it says promote. It's a transitive verb, and it means to advance in station, rank, or honor, or raise. So we want to raise Jesus to a different level, do we not tonight? <laughs> Alright, we want to promote Him. And I believe that's why we're here tonight. We want to give Him a say-so in our lives. We want to continue being faithful to Him tonight. But we need to learn that promoting Jesus is the right thing to do every day in our life. If we promote Him, you know, this is gonna, there's many things to come in our lives. It all starts when we promote Him. Maybe in our lives, for different ones, it came to a point where our lives were a total disaster, a total mess. And we're like, Lord, fix this. I give you permission. I promote you now. You know, but we got to keep promoting him weekly, daily, monthly, yearly. But we got to promote him in this hour. This might be, you know, who knows how much longer the church has to get the job done. Maybe we got five years. Maybe we got ten years. Maybe this is the last year before the Lord takes his bride with him. We need to promote him like never before. Because when we promote Jesus, things start happening. Not only do we extend our efforts and see what we can do, but we we see what God brings to the table. And when we promote Jesus, stuff begins to happen. We become successful in our lives. We we get the job done. You see, we can accomplish things without Him that wouldn't be a reality by properly promoting Jesus in our lives. You know, He must increase to promote Him in our lives. We must decrease. But it's about properly keeping Him at that priority level. Not only receiving God's Spirit, but walking in that Spirit. Walking in the Spirit. And uh, promoting Him daily. You see, the Lord can get the job done, but just as He picked different ones, Simon Peter and different ones there, that were there, the sons of Zebedee, You see, we need to understand that He could do it without us. But He chooses to include us. But we can't do it without Him. We can't have heaven-sent revival. We can't have miracles, signs, and wonders. We can't affect our community like we should affect our community without promoting Him. Without seeing what He can do. Without Him being the focal point of us. I know Brother... uh, that just came and sang for us here. Um, he 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 mentioned something. I had this message already sort of figured out, but he he said what we talk about is basically what we magnify in our lives. But I'm telling you, when we promote Jesus, I believe that we're going to be talking about Jesus, and I believe that we're going to magnify Him, and we magnify Him in our life, and we promote Him in our life. Something becomes big and important in our lives, and God takes good records of this. You see, without Him, we can do nothing. We've got to believe that. Without the Lord, we can do nothing. You know? Without Him, we can do nothing. Without the anointing and the power of God, we're just another mouthpiece. We're just speaking something that we think is important. Preachers, teachers, without the presence of God, you know, we're none of His. Is what the Word of God says. We need that in our lives. Without, you know, we got to promote Him in our lives. Amen. With God, all things are possible. The question is, 
well, we going to do this our way or his way? Obviously, from the beginning, are we going to see what we can do, or are we going to is are we going to just come to the understanding that the directions and the ways of the Spirit are spread out, and as soon as we catch on to what God's wanting to do, we can see what He wants to do as we promote Him. I believe we're doing this, and I believe that the Lord has more for us. Amen. He wants to be our Savior. He wants to intervene. He wants to help us. But there's more than just being a Savior. He wants to be our Lord and Savior. When you properly promote the Lord in your life, He can dictate different every situation in your life. He can tell you what to do. Not just as a taskmaster, He takes you out of that life. He takes you out of Egypt. But somebody that has nothing but blessings for your life. That's what the Lord does. But you see, there's nothing wrong with having a Lord and a Savior. That's when things happen. That's when we properly promote Him. You see, if we can do this by our own selves, as the Word of God speaks, you know, it says that different ones upon their own wisdom, man's wisdom, you know, they're ever learning and never coming to the knowledge of the truth. Maybe they're even going over things of the Word of God. But there's got to be a promotion and the focus has got to be upon God. To properly promote Him to see the job get done. The question is, are we going to do this His way or our way? You see, God's ways are above our ways. He gets the job done. If we don't properly promote Him... By walk, we ain't going to properly promote Him by walking in this sinful flesh of ours. When it's about us, it's not about promoting Him. And we got to not only carry a cross, but we got when we promote Him, we really got to be willing to be crucified on that cross. Amen? Whatever He says in our lives, is we got to be willing to do that. Just whatever the Lord's speaking in our life. I remember reading a book a while back and hearing a few times... Sister Nona Freeman, you know, she was a good vessel of walking crucified. She's a powerful lady of God. But um, one time she, the Lord told her to go outside, I, I believe out of her house or out of her window or front porch, and just wave at the next person that comes by. Give them a wave. And um, I believe that's the way it is. She went out there and she was obedient to the plan of God. She didn't understand. There was somebody that was complicating suicide that was feeling real down and out, driving down the road. And I guess they and the Lord had an understanding that they needed to know that somebody cared about them. And she just so happened to be promoting Jesus in her life. And she heard the word. And she affected that life and soul. And got to hear the testimony of them not ending things, but allowing God to have a say-so in that situation. That's just a short example here tonight of the way God, when we, it seems out of man's wisdom to do something foolish like that. But I'm telling you, it's by the foolishness of preaching that God desires to save those through the Word of God. We're not going to understand everything about promoting Jesus, but He knows what He's doing. We just got to follow what He's leading us in. Promoting Jesus is more than just lip service. You know, it's more than just lip service. It's more than saying, you know, you're my personal Savior. We know this. We got the fuller revelation. But you see, we can even tell the Lord we love Him with our lips, but our heart can be far from Him. When we promote Jesus, our heart and our lips will align and promote Him properly. You see, God's always, you know, wanting to change lives. You know, it is more than lip service when we promote Jesus. It's a life-changing experience. It's a life-changing experience. And we got to basically hold on for the ride because God is always on the move. He's always wanting to take us places. He's wanting to take us beyond just, you know, complacency or just different things. He's wanting us to get out and affect this world just as He would have His people to. But He uses you and I. And He has something for us in this last hour. He wants His people to go from victory to victory. To be victorious. He is an undefeated God. Undefeated. He's got the plan all figured out. He's always one step ahead. You see, in promoting Jesus, 
It is life changing. If you don't think so, you need to properly promote Him once again in your life. Amen? It is life changing. When the power of the Holy Ghost comes upon a life, you don't walk the same way. You don't talk the same way. You, you know, you have a, a spirit of love and meekness and there is fruit of the Spirit in your life. And you got a different perspective upon life. No longer is it about I and no longer is it upon the flesh, but it's what God has done for your life. There's a, there's a godly fear and reverence for the things of God. You see, He did brought us out of some things in our lives. You see, it's also a process of the choices that we make, you know, as far as promoting Him continually. God's still in the business. He's got a big job for this church of getting people out of Egypt. Egypt is basically a sinful place. It's a place of sin. It's a place, you know... There's no, going to be no sin there. We know that they need what we have. And we've got to help lead them out of Egypt. We've got to help lead them out of sin. And it's going to be by them understanding that they've got to promote Jesus in their lives. And we've got to be confident that promoting Jesus in our lives was the best thing that's ever happened to our life. It's the best thing that's ever happened to my life. I know that tonight. I believe this calls for those who want to get out, you know, those that do want to get out, those that are hungry and those that are thirsty for something real in their life. They're going to have to promote Him. Not only are they going to have to promote Him, that they're going to have to continue to trust in Him. Because, you see, they, it's a life that they haven't lived in promoting Him. They're going to have to trust that that is a better decision for their life. To have faith in Him. They're going to have faith that that's the right decision. And also, they're going to have to obey Him to continue to keep Him promoted in their life. And they're going to have to throw fear aside. Fear aside. And they'll have to, and then that perfect love and that peace can come upon their life as never before. It's not going to be by mere accident that we become successful as children of God. As we fill up this house. It's not going to be by mere accident that these things happen. It's going to be by promoting Jesus in our lives. It's going to be by trusting in Him. You see the Word of God, it says that we are more than conquerors through Him. If we're going to conquer this land, we're going to fight these battles. As the Lord opens up for doors for different ones to come in. You know, when the Lord opens up them doors, there ain't nobody that can shut them doors. But there's also many adversaries out there that are going to try to hinder those souls and them hungry from making them changes that will promote Jesus. Because they know when the promotion of Jesus comes upon new souls and new lives, there's a fiery, brand new testimony. There's a demotion of the enemy. And there's a promotion. And all heaven does rejoice. Because somebody promoted Jesus. Hell gets demoted. Heaven gets happy. And I'm thankful for that. No longer are they just a victim of hell's will for their life. The enemy's will. They can step into purpose. They can step into the arena of knowing that promotion and and what God wants to do with their life is best for them. It's not going to be, obviously, an accident that these things, that we become successful as children of God. It's the decisions we make along the way. You know, sometimes, I guess it's probably been a while back that we have decided to follow Jesus. I'm telling you, when we decided to follow Jesus, it, you know, it cost something. It cost something. Look what it cost those. It basically cost all the disciples but John their lives. It, it cost so many of the ones that ran before us so many things. This truth, this message of truth. What they paid to get that truth out there. And I'm telling you, they were promoting Jesus. Some of the old timers, they'd run around looking foolish with tent revivals in the city. Telling people what it does take to get saved. They would paint it on their cars, Acts 2.38. They would paint a picture that they don't want to go to hell, that heaven is waiting for them. And they were promoting Jesus. But it cost them ridicule. It cost them people throwing stuff at them. People damaging churches. Their kids getting picked on. All these things. 
It's costing others in different countries, some of them, their lives. But they still continue to promote Jesus. And I'm telling you, when we properly promote Him, we can see Him work and bring fulfillment into this church and into our lives. Amen? When we do these things His way, we're going to be blessed. You see? And we, we are a blessed people. We are a blessed people. Thank the Lord for His blessing. Sometimes we don't think we're so blessed. You know? I only have one car instead of five, or two cars instead of ten or something. We have a house, a roof over our head, food to eat. We're pretty blessed if we look at different countries in these situations. We are a blessed people. But I'm telling you, the Lord has always desired to bless His people. But if we can look into the Scripture here tonight, this is what the Lord's been speaking to me through my Bible reading that I, I really feel that I'm getting to here. In Deuteronomy 28 and 13, I'm going to read one passage of Scripture. It talks about whether or not we're going to be the head or the tail. See, if we had a coin tonight and I had somebody flip it, it would be by mere luck. You could call it, is it going to be heads? Is it going to be tails? And maybe you're right and I'm wrong. But I'm telling you, there was blessings that goes along with being the head. And there was cursings that go along with being the tail. But listen to this Scripture. And the Lord shall make thee the head and not the tail, and thou shalt be above only, and thou shalt not be beneath, if thou... Hearken unto the commandments of the Lord, thy God, which I command thee this day to observe and to do them. So there was some understanding of what we must do. If you look underneath that scripture, it tells you if you don't hearken unto the Lord. I don't want to read that list tonight. I'm not going to speak curses upon you tonight. There's a whole lot of blessings before that. We're going to go over that later tonight. But you see, there is a decision. This was obviously early on in Deuteronomy when the children of Israel found themselves in the wilderness. And the Lord was their 40-year stay, wandering in circles, you know, eating manna, same diet carrying the tabernacle around. It was probably getting real frustrating. And the Lord was getting into them and saying, you're not supposed to be the tail. You're supposed to be the head. I'm taking you somewhere and I got mighty things for you. I got provision for you. I'm going to work for you and people are going to know that I'm working for you because they're going to, there's supernatural things going to be happening as you promote me, as you allow me to lead. And this is what was happening. You see, we want to pick the blessings and not the curses. And the children of Israel, they did hearken unto the Lord. Not only did the Lord... You see, when the Lord speaks into Brother Burke or different leaders, we need to receive that as God's Word. We need to receive that. And I believe we do. But if we're obedient to what they're speaking, we we accept blessings over our life. And we, we begin to walk in that fulfillment. And I believe just as the children of Israel did when they began to read these scriptures, the blessings and curses at this time of fulfillment. You see, as their decisions ended up being poorly, they wandered in the wilderness. You know, they spent 40 years, I believe, one year for each day over there. There, Obviously, they stayed over and peeked at the land for 40 days. And it cost them 40 years wandering wondering whether or not they're better off in Egypt, wondering, you know, if they had some, if there would be something else to eat, you know, um, if it was Moses' fault, whatever they were thinking. I'm not sure what they were thinking, but I'm telling you, their lack of faith and them desiring to not to promote Jesus continually ended up in a bad situation. Proverbs 14 and 34, it speaks, Righteousness exalteth a nation. But sin is a reproach to any people. You see, also the sin of unbelief. I believe unbelief could be a sin. You know, when we were unbelievers, we didn't see the the necessity to promote Jesus. And we were living in sin. But when we did, obviously, we become changed on that situation, our understanding of that. You see... The Lord don't desire any of us to become the tail. And obviously we're not the tail. We're going somewhere. But the Lord has things for us. And He's been speaking to me about some direction. And uh, 
It's not just what I want to say either. It's what I believe the Lord is speaking in the Spirit. See, we don't want to live on just getting sustained in the wilderness. We're so close to fulfillment. We're so close to so many things transpiring. And yes, He can feed us, you know, as He did them. Uh, we can get a portion to, you know, just be sustained. Man, a quail. He gave them water. Obviously, you know, Moses probably shouldn't hit that rock twice. But you see, their clothes didn't wear out. Their shoes didn't wear out. He'd still let them know He was still with them. But they were still being the tail. But this was coming to an end. As however Joshua was to lead them out. You see, Moses, he was very patient. There was not a prophet like unto him as, you know, obviously I believe the Lord even buried him himself and piled a bunch of rocks. No one ever knew where he was to be buried as he passed away. But Joshua was to lead them to that promised land. And you see, it was by Moses called unto Joshua and said unto him in the sight of all Israel, Be strong and of a good courage. For thou must go with this people unto the land which the Lord has sworn unto their fathers to give them, and thou shalt cause them to inherit it. And the Lord, he it is that doth go before thee. He will be with thee. He will not fail thee, neither forsake thee. Fear not, neither be dismayed. He was encouraging them. It was time, and, and the Lord's going to be with you. You see, Moses had laid his hands upon Joshua, and he was full of the spirit of wisdom at that point that transcended through that elder to that other leader. And that's they, he knew the direction of the spirit. God had it all planned out. He was one step ahead. Later in Joshua, Joshua 1, 1 through 3, also verse 5, it says, Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise and go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give to them, even unto the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your feet shall tread upon, that I given unto you, as I said unto Moses. That's pretty powerful. <laughs> Every place that your feet tread upon, I have given unto you. That's dominion and that's authority as they promoted Jesus. Every place. You see, verse 5, There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. You see, the, at this point, he was encouraging them. This was all set up. This was the agenda. And they still had a little bit of work to do. But you see, the Lord decided to roll away the reproach of Egypt. As they, were, they become obedient to the man of God and the direction of God's Spirit. And they have lived through the wilderness. They've lived through that time. And they got their faith working again. And the Lord magnified Joshua in the sight of Israel as the Lord took away the reproach. He basically... Joshua came to the place. He said, all right, it's time for us to cross over to the other side. He sent the priest out with, obviously, the, what symbolized the presence of the Lord in that Ark of the Covenant, which wasn't just a magic box. It symbolized the presence of the Lord. And as soon as them priest's feet hit the water, they hit the water, and that, that water spread. <laughs> I believe it was seven or eight miles wide. And I believe it was a continuous flow in the Jordan River. And it was dry ground. It was heaped up. The people knew that just as Moses had been in a relationship with God, that, that, that he was fearful to God, that God was working with Joshua too. That that was a supernatural thing that transpired. They walked through the water. And as they walked through the water, they had explicit destructions that they're going to, from one man from each tribe, are going to pick up 12 stones, one for each tribe, the 12 tribes. And um, 
they were going to build a monument upon the other side of them crossing over so later that their children would understand by the hand of God, sort of put a godly reverence and fear that God was working for God's people. And this is what happened years to come. So they didn't become, they didn't become forgetful of what God was doing. And you see, as the Lord magnified Joshua this day in the sight of the people, they feared him just as, you know, they feared Moses and they feared him the rest of their life. But you see in Joshua 5 through 9, the Lord decides to roll away the reproach of Israel. If we look at Joshua 5 through 9, it says, And the Lord said unto Joshua, This day have I rolled away the reproach of Egypt from off you. Wherefore, the name of this place is called Gilgal. There's quite a bit of significance in that name. Unto this day. See, that was the very place that they put these twelve stones that would be a monument for generations to come. That this is when the children of God became obedient and the Lord rolled away the reproach of God's people and and we become in alignment with the promises of God and we began to conquer the land and possess everything that God would have for His people and others would know that God's working for His people. He's going out ahead of them as they properly promote Him. You see, Gilgal had a lot of importance here. At that time, I believe a day later, the manna had ceased. No longer did Israel have to eat from the fruit of... They did no longer have to eat that manna, but they began to eat of the fruit of the land of Canaan that year. And that's where a lot of action starts happening in the Bible about Joshua. Obviously, at that point, as soon as they cross over... That was awesome. The Lord did a supernatural thing. But at that point, they had to trust God. The Lord said, circumcise yourself. Obviously, the ones that were 40 and under, all their fathers had passed away. They circumcised them right in basically a short way to their enemy, which was a dangerous situation. Because anyhow, the Lord allowed like three or four days to pass over before they started going for Jericho. And they had to trust the Lord during that time. And the Lord decided, you know, as Joshua did this, that he rolled away the reproach. And the angel of the Lord came to Joshua, let him know, you know, take off your shoes. This is holy ground. I got, we're getting ready to do something, but you're going to have to listen to the ways of the Spirit, and you're going to have to listen to the instruction of the Lord of God to be blessed in this. He sent him around, obviously, I believe six different days. One time around the city, the seventh day. You see... The seventh day they walked around, presence of the Lord leading the way. They, it was a ways before they got the reproach wiped away and they began to shout. You know, and the walls fell down. But that wasn't all the victory that God has for His people. There was still more to come. They had to properly listen to Him and continually promote them. Even after Joshua, obviously Rahab helped them. They came in, they saved that family, but they destroyed everything else. But one individual, I believe, Achan, he stole the Babylonian garments, the gold and the silver, and he hid it under his tent. And he became accursed. And then, obviously, after all this happened, they had, as soon as they went over to that land, they had another country there that was, you know, they understood that the Lord was working with them, and it was either they fight them and they win, or they get destroyed. But anyhow, the children of Israel said, oh, this ain't a very big enemy of ours. Let's only send over this many men, which wasn't very many. I believe 8,000 or something. There might have been less, actually. But they sent them over, and they got whooped. The Lord was no longer with them. And Joshua was to his, to his knees, his head on the ground, and said, what's going on here, Lord? What's going on here? And the Lord said, you took upon a curse thing. There's something going on. He had to find out who it was. It was Achan. And they, basically in the Old Testament, they took him and his family and they burned them. That's sort of how the Old Testament was. But then the Lord had strategy and direction for God's people. I'm not going to try to get lost in this much longer. But he told them, this was a pretty neat battle plan if you look at the story of Joshua. He told them, send... I believe 25,000 people or there was a whole lot this second round and he told them a strategy only send over like 5,000 or 3,000 over to the edge of the city on a certain side 
But before you send them over, go on the backside with the majority of the people, as before, get their attention. And he got their attention, and basically the people came to attack them, and they were running away. Joshua stuck up his sword, and then the people from behind came into the city and burnt the city down. And they began to conquer. They began to conquer. They began to conquer everywhere that they went after that. Um, the Lord, you know, He, they, some of the kings got smart and realized how powerful these people were, and they all got together and tried to, to come against the children of Israel. And the Lord, they went out and fought, and they were vic- being victorious, but He sent real hailstones down and killed more people than the children of Israel did. He was working for them as they promoted them. Another situation, I believe, right after that, is Joshua said, Son, sit still till they won the battle. And the sun set still and they won that battle. Some supernatural things is that the man of God and the people of God were being obedient to God's plan. You see, they that know their God shall do exploits, but I believe it's those that promote Him. Those that are looking for the way, the Spirit, and the direction to be obedient to the leader and the following of the Holy Ghost and where God would want to lead us. If we can just look at the blessings in Deuteronomy 28, 1 through 13, I believe we have them tonight. And it shall come to pass, if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe and to do all his commandments, which I command thee this day, that the Lord, that, and all these blessings shall come upon thee and overtake thee, if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. Verse 3. Blessed shall thou, shall thou be in the city, and blessed thou shalt be in the field. Blessed shall thou be the fruit of the body, and the fruit of the ground, and the fruit of my cattle, and the increase of the kind, and the flocks of thy sheep. Blessed shalt thou be in the basket and in the store. Blessed shalt thou be when thou comest in, and blessed shalt thou be when thou goest out. The Lord shall cause thy enemies that rise up against thee to be smitten before thy face, and thou shalt come out against thee one way and flee before thee seven ways. The Lord shall command the blessing upon them in the storehouse. That's exciting. And in all that thou settest thy hand unto, and he shall bless thee in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. The Lord shall establish thee and holy people unto himself, as he has sworn unto thee, if thou shalt keep the commandments of the Lord thy God and walk in his ways. And all the people of the earth shall see that thou art called by the name of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of thee. And the Lord shall make thee plenteous in goods, in the fruit of the body, and in the fruit of the cattle, and in the fruit of the ground, and in the land which the Lord sware unto the fathers to give thee. The Lord shall open unto thee his good treasure, the heaven, to give the rain unto the land in his season, and to bless all work of thine hand, and thou shalt lend unto many nations. And thou shalt not borrow. And the Lord shall make thee the head and not the tail. And thou shalt be above only, and thou shalt not be beneath. If that thou hearken unto the commandments of the Lord thy God. We accept these blessings tonight in Jesus' name. (laughs) We just sort of... Accept them within our spirit tonight. Obviously, this is Old Testament, but I believe it implies all the word of God implies to us now. That we can be blessed. And the Lord desires revival for this church like we've never seen. See, it's not only revival for us. I believe once we receive God's spirit, we should be revived. But when we're truly revived, there's going to be a spirit of evangelism going out that we're going to be able to affect souls and lives to a point 
if we're truly revived. And I believe the Lord's desiring to roll away the reproach of the, the, this bottle of, of prodigals and the drug addicts and the alcoholics and those that are away from God, those that are stuck in, in false religion or making bad decisions. The Lord desires to say, I'm going to start working. There's something going to start click. But you're going to have to pay attention. And I'm going to lead you in exploits. I'm going to lead you in victory to victory. And you're going to see and others are going to understand that this parking lot's beginning to start to fill up. These other churches in the city that are going to say, Hey, I believe the Lord's working in Landmark Worship Center. I believe the Lord's fulfilling promises here in this city. Alright. A lot of this was birthed. You know, through what I was reading in the Bible and a thought of promoting Jesus. But that's how it's going to happen. Let me tell you about this vision the Lord had gave me. I've only received two or three real ones, probably in my life. You know, maybe a couple little day visions that helped me with some little obstacle in my life along with these three. But the Lord had given me one about five months ago. And uh obviously... I ended up back here at Landmark, and I had been here quite a few months, and the Lord had really been working me over, and um, I was thankful I got opportunity to teach different things, but there was some things going on I was battling with, and I was asking the Lord, I was asking the Lord, once again, I needed reaffirmment, I, I said, Lord, I want you to open doors in my life, and the Lord began to show me a vision as I was getting real with Him, because I had made a lot of little just sort of like uh, promises to the Lord. Me and him had some different arrangements going on even before I got here. And and um, the Lord was sticking to his plan and, and I was sticking to mine. Uh, and uh, anyhow, I asked the Lord to open up some doors. And I began to see as it was a lighthouse. And it was a circular skinny lighthouse. And I began to walk in circles up this little thing. And I, I seen different doors. I seen different doors and I... I sort of walking up a ladder in between this circle and I sort of peeked my head in there. And they were sort of dead-end doors. There wasn't much going on there. There wasn't much going on there, alright? This was a vision. I was stuck in it for about three weeks. I'd go back to this place. I'd walk. Gradually, I'd get taller. And then all of a sudden, and then all of a sudden, uh, I believe it was, you know, just uh, like, it was a matter of maybe even a couple months that I actually, all of a sudden, I started having this vision once again. And this time, I began to walk up. And all of a sudden, the supernatural Spirit of God came upon me. And I got to the top of this thing. And there was a a door like an elevator that opened up. And I was like, this is an open door. I'm walking through. The Lord's been showing me things. we got different things that we've been working on each other. I walk out of there, out of this elevator. And I see the Lord. He was right there awaiting me as soon as I walked through this door. No joke. Uh, and he, he, he didn't say nothing to me, but he, he took me. I was on a porch, like a balcony. And I went with the Lord, and I went down. Uh, well, I went in a flat spot, and it was a sort of shorter railing, and we overlooked. I looked down, and it was the tallest elevation I've ever really seen in my life. Even taller than the places I've went. Tennessee, Utah, and all these places, beautiful places I've seen pictures of. And I've seen a deep, deep valley. And I, I, I was like, Lord, what are you trying to speak to me? I'm on this porch with you. You're showing me important things. I'm looking over a valley. I see beautiful trees. I see a beautiful view. I'm enjoying this view up here. What are you trying to speak to me? And the Lord began to um, show me pinpointed needs on the other side of this valley. There was like a forest, but He would go here, and He would go there, and He would go there, and He would go there. And I was like, Lord... And I seen desperation, like people with needs on the other side of this valley, in such a way that I knew the Lord wanted to touch these. He was looking for us to fulfill and touch these needs. And there was many of them. There was work that needed to be done. There was souls and there was lives and there was desperate needs. And anyhow, all right, I, I sort of left it alone for like two weeks. And then I, I was in here one Sunday with the Lord. And me and him, I was, I was like, Lord, I was sort of having a hard time that week. I was battling what the Lord was trying to show me. Maybe I had a bad week. 
I had some stuff, you know, me and the Lord, He was trying to teach me some things. Maybe I was pouring out the complaints to the Lord about to praying about things. That's how you, you get things changed in your life, in your perspective. And, and anyhow, the Lord began His presence. I was sitting back there about where my wife is. Obviously, I sit there a lot. And I, I, I went to another place and I began to see this vision again. I began to see these needs again. And, and the Holy Ghost was so strong. So strong. I wasn't up waving a banner saying I feel God, but I'm telling you, I haven't felt God like that maybe a couple times in my life. And I was like, what's this? And the Lord took me to that place. Elevator opened again. We went out on the porch. He showed me these needs. And then He he gave me an understanding that he wanted, he wanted different ones like me to touch these needs. He was going to dispatch us to touch these needs. That might not mean a lot, but it was a supernatural vision that the Lord gave me. But as he was saying this, I was saying, Lord, I'm pretty unfit. I'm dealing with what you give me to work with. You know what I'm saying? I'm operating at this level, and this seems like a big chore. This seems like something big. You're going to have to equip me, Lord. Alright? I'm human. At that point, all of a sudden, a prayer for a lady in our church... Sister Lonnie, she all of a sudden was real sensitive to the Holy Ghost. And she came over there and she told me, (laughs) she said, Brother Luke, I see the Lord's hand upon your head. She says, you don't understand, I see His right hand upon your head. And I don't know, you. that meant something to me. She didn't know what she was saying. Me and the Lord were making that agreement at that time. I believe the right hand is just Him saying, I'm going to pave the way. I'm going to do something. You're going to be able to do something you wouldn't be able to do, but it's going to be by promoting me. And He was reaffirming that. I thank God for you, Sister Lonnie. I believe in you. I'm thankful for you being sensitive to the Holy Ghost. But I believe in a way that ain't only for me. I believe the Lord's showing us a strategy also. Oh... About a week ago, maybe two weeks ago, the Lord took me to this vision once again. I obviously received the Lord was going to quit me there. But I see in the left hand of my, uh, my, my view as I'm at this place again. I can go there when I need to or I'm the Lord's, I'm getting desperate with the Lord, needing more understanding. And I see a wall of water. And I believe it's a fresh wall of, of revival of God's Spirit ready to move and affect as we get dispatched and we touch needs that the Lord's going to allow us to be successful. The Lord's going to do the part that we cannot as we go and we try to do our part. The Lord's been working upon me in different things and been getting my attention. And there has been needs that's transpired. And I believe, I, I, I know that I need to do something about it. Me and the Lord are working on this. But I'm telling you, as a church as a whole, the Lord has got something big for this church. And we got to understand that we can do it with our own efforts. But we really, as never before, need to just trust the instruction of the Word of God. And I'm telling you, I believe it in my heart. I could stake my life upon it here tonight that I believe the Lord is about ready to pour out a spiritual current of blessing and favor that this church has not stepped into. You know, we see it happen in other countries and different things, but I'm telling you, when the Lord rolled back that Red Sea, it got everybody's attention. It got the enemy's attention. They knew God was working for them. I'm telling you, when we come in with the baskets full, different ones slip through, but I'm telling you, the Lord's going to fill up this house. We got to begin to embrace the vision that God's given this church and understand when we do our part, the Lord's going to come through. I can't do nothing without Him. I don't know about you tonight. It's 8.45. We usually get out at 9. How about we just spend a few minutes here tonight and we re-promote Him in our life. We ask Him for keen awareness of what He would be wanting to use, use us for in this, this hour. Lord, send us visions. Give us understanding of these. Lord, let us not miss it, Lord. I want to see the waters of Your Spirit of revival touch the land. I know it seems like a deep valley down there, Jesus. 
one that I haven't seen, and it seems like that, that we're going to have to be dispatched supernaturally to get from here to them needs and see them needs actually get touched. But I believe as I see the walls of your spirit, they're going to sweep through, Jesus. Hallelujah. I believe that your spirit's going to pour out. Hallelujah. And there's something that's going to happen as you move upon these needs. Hallelujah. In your name tonight, hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. I wonder if we could just close our eyes and give the Lord a little bit of time here tonight. I know it's Wednesday night. Most of the time you're supposed to calm down and teach something new. But this is what the Lord's been speaking to me. And it hasn't gone away. And this is what i got to give to you. And I prayed about it before I got up here and just taught. And, and, and this is what the Lord's been showing me. And I believe it's just for more than me. These are desperate needs. We've been in one place for a while, but I believe as that water rolls through, the Lord's wanting to take away the reproach. The Lord's wanting to build a monument at this church, a place in understanding that it ain't going to be no longer that we got to feed upon manna, that we got to have a certain diet, that we got to continue to wear things that, that we don't really... He, he decides to walk us in blessings as never before. But there comes a responsibility with taking on the blessings. Obviously, I read them to you tonight through the Old Testament. But I believe there's a different responsibility to pay close attention to what our pastor's preaching and, and things and, and really promote Him every, in our everyday life. We promote Him, I believe, by praying for our pastor every day. Lord, give Him the patience to deal with me. <laughs> I know I'm a handful. Give him patience, Lord, just to take care of his job and this church and all the responsibilities of this church. Lord, let his vision, not, you know, not go away. Give him a fresh vision, Jesus. Give him a fresh revelation, Lord. We need the rivers of the Holy Ghost to move upon these needs as never before, Jesus. Hallelujah. As Sister Sonia sings this song, if we could just spend... Maybe it's going to be five minutes. Maybe it's going to be ten minutes. But if we could just spend some time, a few minutes in prayer tonight. And try to get our focus, you know, undistracted tonight. And see if the Lord would just show us something in this house tonight. That maybe we would just give Him a, a commitment. A fresh commitment. Lord, I want to properly promote You once again in my life. Right now. Here and there, Jesus. Lord, we want you paving the way, Jesus. We want you paving that way, Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord, you're a good God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Lord, hallelujah.